Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the 29th day of April. It's a Saturday. The 29th day of April is a special day in my house. Happy birthday to the love of my life, Natasha. This is the day that we celebrate her birth, uh, another year on this earth, and another year enhancing and enriching the lives of every person that knows her, as far as I'm concerned, most certainly enriches my own. So much of what we accomplish here in Paul White Ministries is an absolute direct result of her. Her being who she is day to day in this ministry. She runs all of the office uh, portion of our ministry. Everything you can imagine that you'll do uh, in an administrative or office side is her. And uh, as far as ordering and all of those things. And so that alone would be enough. But that's not all. And everything that I am in in this natural realm in regards to uh, my peace and my ability to do what I do and, and the skill to do it and the time to do it is a direct result of her love and affection for me. And so I want to say happy birthday to her today. She's a faithful listener to the podcast. Of course, she watches and listens everything that we do and is a part of it. And now, thank God, we are at a season in our lives when I go out, she goes with me. 99% of the time now, Natasha's on the road with me and it is a true delight. And so happy birthday to her. It is a Saturday as well, which means we like to tell you about the sermon you will see coming up or here, depending on how you like to do it. If you like video, you can have the video version always at our YouTube page, PWM, or at our website, paulwhiteministries.com. If you like audio only, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we post a sermon every Sunday morning. This week, it will be from our monthly meeting with our friends in, here in Flowery Branch. We met last week. I edited this sermon this past week for you tomorrow. It's titled, Radical Forgiveness. And if you did not listen to the Spirit of Grace that we put up last week, I would encourage you to check that out. This is as much of a follow-up as I can do without trying to do a follow-up. I mean, I didn't think about it going in, like I'm going to do Spirit of Grace and then Radical Forgiveness, those two terms, grace and forgiveness. But it just shows you where I am at this season. There's been this uh, fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God's grace into my own life and my own mind, my own spirit. And part of grace in my opinion, is the understanding of absolute forgiveness. We talk about being absolutely innocent in the eyes of God. We talk about that as believers. Well, the reason we can be absolutely innocent is because we are radically forgiven. We take you to the cross where Jesus makes his, what I consider the climactic statement of the Bible, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I don't say this in the message, but I want to say it today. I really think that Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Ought to be the lens that you put on every time you read the Bible. I don't care where you're reading. If you're back in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Judges, wherever you are, put on the lens of Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Let that story get its meaning out of that statement. If you can't find meaning in that story after having heard that statement, then move on. Don't hang yourself Without those words, I mean, he hung there for you and said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what to do. So don't hang yourself. Don't be a Judas hanging yourself 
not accepting the radical forgiveness of God. I'll also give you a little heads up, and we do this within the first five, six, seven minutes of the message, that we end this next sermon by helping, I think, helping fix a bad translation in the King James that has given people an excuse, a backdoor of sorts, out of making radical grace as radical as it is. And you might say, well, what's that got to do with radical forgiveness? Well, I personally think that they are one and the same. I don't, I don't think you can really understand how forgiven you are without the grace of God. And I don't really understand you. I think you understand the grace of God without knowing that it forgives you. So they really go hand in hand. I hope you enjoy radical forgiveness. Okay. Today and tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day of April. That means it's essay edition. And just looking at where we are, we're in verse 37 of Mark 8. Mark 8 has 38 verses. That means we are just right on the edge of Jesus taking the disciples to the Mount of Transfiguration. So today we're going to conclude Mark chapter 8. We might even read the first verse of chapter 9. That way, tomorrow, the essay will be entirely the Mountain of Transfiguration. When we come back on Monday, May the 1st, we'll probably read that story, but we won't pay too much detailed attention to it because that's what the essay edition's for. And I am very excited to write this essay tomorrow. Okay, Mark chapter 8, verse 37. What will a man give in exchange for for his soul? This is actually, or what will a man give? Because the previous verse has him asking, what profit would it be if you gained the whole world, lost your own soul? This isn't just like, what would it matter if to get rich and go to hell? I think that's how most of us have translated that. But really, what good would it do you if you got everything in the natural realm but lost, if you got everything in the visible but lost the stability in the invisible? So if you lost your peace, you lost your stability, you lost your emotional foothold, but you gained stuff, what would it profit? And the answer is it would profit nothing because we, we know that. We've got enough evidence that tells us that you can have everything the natural world tells you you need to be happy and it won't work. And then he says this in verse 38, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I think verse 38 is very important for you to understand eschatologically because if you don't, then you will think that Jesus will be ashamed of some of you. Or us. Okay. They would have taken this as a direct result of Jeremiah 3.20. Surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, you've dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. That is the marks of adultery. Jeremiah talks about Israel's propensity to adulter herself against God. Jesus said, This adulterous and sinful generation is the one that the Son of Man, Son of Man is a Daniel term, the Son of Man riding the clouds, the very same thing in Matthew that Jesus tells Caiaphas he is going to see, the Son of Man riding the clouds, and to come in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. In Matthew 24, the holy angels are what the the, the term that Jesus uses to describe what will happen at the end of the age. The angels will come and gather the elect from the four corners. Jesus turns right around in Matthew 24 and says, this is going to happen in your generation. So Matthew 24 is speaking to the same thing of Mark 8.38. The adulterous and sinful generation that he is talking to is that generation that puts him on the cross. Please understand that. That helps us to have some peace 
when we approach this passage. Uh, we'll start in chapter 9 with the Mount of Transfiguration on the essay edition. We'll see you then. God bless.